Once upon a time, there was a little boy called Howard who loved writing stories. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat down to every nighter But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah wubba dubba do wubba dubba do Was writer in the world 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 Is a stupid Rubbish writer. Welcome to the worst writer in the world with me, Howard, Howard Long. Long, and me, Rufus. <laughs> Thank you to the British Comedy Guide for hosting this show and to all our lovely patrons on Patreon. And yeah. we are saying hello and welcome to two new patrons this week Hooray! who are uh, Matthew Lodge Ooh. and Brandon Rea. Two very, very sexy looking fine men. Hey, don't just. <laughs> Don't reduce them down to their appearance. Sorry, I'm sorry. sure they have brains and jobs as well. They've probably got brains. They're probably super clever if they're listening to this. Because only <laughs> clever people would listen to something as smart as this. Okay, so shall we get on with the plot so far, Howard? Yes, please. This week's plot so far is, surprisingly, by Rose Parsons. Oh, not heard that I think name it's the before. I think it's the first time she's done a plot so far for us. <laughs> All right, here we go. The hush has descended upon London's West End, where ten million people had been fumbling around in semi-darkness, eating outdoor pizza <laughs> and probably bumming their dads. Bit of a reference back to the previous story there. Uh, a reference to moles there. Mole, mm. mole reference. Mole. Digging deep for that mole reference, isn't oh, she? Oh, <laughs> I might cut that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There is now no more neon. No more food smell, and no more nut things in chocolate stuff. More importantly, there is no sound, and according to well clev science man Howard Long, without sound, you can't have oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> the vast crowds have all died in a pile due, <laughs> due to lack of noise oxygen, apart from one extraordinary girl called Ace, who is alive enough to run around on top of the cadavers. Yes. Doctor Who has plugged an antimatter discman into her imagination <laughs> so she doesn't die of silence. But he can't put her in an antimatter ace case <laughs> because it doesn't exist. So, Howard, you may remember at the end of last week's episode, uh, everyone was dead, mm. <laughs> right? Everyone in London was dead, and there are just piles of dead bodies everywhere, except for Ace, Hooray! who is running through London with a disc man on. Wow. All right, so let's see. Let's see what's going on there, shall we? Yes, please. The headphones were plugged directly into her imagination. <laughs> 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 the Doctor had correctly reasoned that if he could somehow arrange it so that the Discman itself were encased in a shield of antimatter, then the CD could continue its spinning without any unwanted interference, and that if the music it played was not in fact being played on any real frequency, but an imaginary one, then the Hush could not realistically touch it. Full stop. End of paragraph. Mm -hmm. This had been a feeble and dicky explanation of an unbelievably unlikely and clichéd concept. Okay, right. In a perfect world, Ace would be encased in the antimatter shield. But 
as the Doctor had consistently proved to her in all their travels through time and space, mm -hmm. there's just no such thing. What is a case what? to put ace in? An ace case? No, there's no such thing as an ace case ace. <laughs> Can't put you in an ace case ace. Yeah, but every time. Doc, I'm quite looking forward to being put in an ace case. But maybe on this adventure, you could put me in an ace case. <laughs> the song, even in imaginary terms, had to come to an end. It was already drawing to its disharmonious and very loud conclusion. Mm -hmm. There would be a life-threatening gap between it and the next track. Doctor Who's invention was absolute rubbish. Oh, yes, I've put, I've, put, I've put this imaginary CD into your imagination, but every three minutes or so you will die. <laughs> Yeah. When the, <laughs> between between the tracks, you are going yeah. to die, so um, that might be a problem. Just make sure you do the mission in two and a half minutes, and you'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, she should have just imagined that the songs don't have that one second gap between them. Really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so there will be a life-threatening gap between it and the next track. There had been so little time for Ace's companion Doctor to solve every tiny problem. Mm. It's quite a big problem, that, though, isn't it? Ace's companion. Yeah, Doctor Who. Isn't she his companion? No, not in this. It's the future, not my Doctor Who story. Okay. No, no. There had been so little time for Ace's companion to solve every tiny problem, so she had been instructed to keep her fingers crossed and be ready to fast forward to the following song. Fast forward? On a CD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, you might have to press fast forward on the CD, Ace. Brace yourself, Ace, she told herself. Here it comes. And the song ended. Imagination ceased. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. There is no more imagination, Ace. Okay. What am I doing here? Oh, my God. <laughs> One second, she managed to think, as she tried hard to fix on the fast-forward button past her bloody vision, is a long time. And through searing pain and foaming convulsions as her own inner voice was sucked from her mind... She inadvertently hit pause. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> it's getting worse. Causing another instant to inch by in which she hit the ground, writhed and screamed in agony, but still produced absolutely no, no sound. Because Mr Hush has got it all. Mr Hush has got it all. Not Mr Hush. I'm got coming the for sound. your sound. Can Mr. I have your Hush sound? Please got eat me it sound. down. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely no sound. Her whole reality seemed to have been scrambled like so many eggs before her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, like, I kind of felt like you were going to mention eggs, but I didn't know you were going to say her, her whole reality seemed to have been scrambled like so many eggs before her. <laughs> <laughs> she had no memory of who she were. Who she were? Yeah. And, she had no and memory. Ham she wasn't. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oddly, that is what it says. She had no memory of who she were or ham she wasn't. <laughs> Nor what she was doing. She had been blinded by her own lifeblood. She could not breathe. What does she that mean? She'd been think. blinded by her own lifeblood. What the <laughs> fuck does that mean? So, yeah, she had been blinded by her own lifeblood. She could not breathe. She could not think. Nothing. Blank page. Peace. The end. Right, okay, I get it. I get the point of it. It's just shit. Well, she's, she's disappeared. She's dying. Mm. It was luck which caused her seemingly arthritic hand to smash the disc man back into play mode. That was an important ending to that sentence, wasn't it? She's like, I'm dying. The only thing that can save me is this disc man smash. smash. <laughs> oh, no, that was a bad idea. 
<laughs> Shit. Hammer. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with me? Doctor Who always says I'm a moron. Mm. Turns out he's right. <laughs> no, read the whole sentence. It was luck which caused her seemingly arthritic hand to smash the disman back into play mode. <laughs> and a sudden rush of sound flooded back into her contained imaginary world. Musical notes swimming in a void. Ace was on her feet again. She was not beat yet. She was so close now to the heart of the hush. She fought her way through the entrance of the Trocadero, paying no attention to the usually enticing trashy sweets, all the time stumbling over the fallen corpses of the quiet dead. Yeah, I mean, that probably put you off the sweets. <laughs> I mean, lo- lots of reasons not to be like going like, oh, fancy a cherry <laughs> yeah. cherry cola bottle. Or I, <laughs> I'd really like a cherry cola bottle, but there's a dead bloke in it. And, and also I'm dying, I've got yeah. blood coming out of my eyes. Ooh, licorice. <laughs> oh, licorice. Oh, oh, should I? Should I? I'm mean, a woman. Yeah, I am a woman. Oh, I like I like cola bottles. What am I gonna do? Yeah. Should I stop for a flying saucer, or should I <laughs> carry on and like blow up the bad guy? Should I stop and eat flying saucers, or should I try? Should I try and fight aliens? Mm. It's I mean, it's all the same in the end, isn't it? It's mm. all about flying saucers. But before she knew it, she was in the sweet bit, eating some sweets, and the world ended, and everyone died. And Doctor was like, "Fucking women!" <laughs> should have got Adric to do it. Okay, so Ace has run into the Trocadero, aiming for the centre of the hush. So, um, stumbling over the fallen corpses of the quiet dead that littered the concourse so freely. And there, in the midst of the statuesque dodgems, nothing. A non-swirling absence of mass. Wasting no time, Ace pushed her way directly to the centre of the nothingness, practically swimming through the cloying silence, Mm. like wading through treacle, and hit the random play button on the Discman. Doesn't that mean it's going to go silent for a second as well? So what's she doing here, Mark? The random play button. I don't know, I think Doctor has like, rigged the random play button oh, okay. to mean blow up hush button. <laughs> okay, fair enough. The result was thus. The antimatter shield suddenly swelled to magnificent proportions, enveloping the heart and separating it from the rest of the hush. Oh, right. Almost immediately had this happened... All right. Had it. Um, I mean, I think you mean almost immediately like after this had happened, um, a blue anachronism silently materialised around the shield. Ace and the projection of the heart capturing it and cutting it from its body forever. Oh, I think I misread that. Hang on. Almost immediately after this had happened, mm-hmm. a blue anachronism silently materialised around the shield. What's a blue anachronism? Oh, okay. No, I get it. Okay. I, I don't know. I know. I'm just working out the structure of the sentence. I have no idea what a blue anachronism is. Do you not? Do you know? I'm joking. It's a TARDIS, isn't it? <laughs> I was thinking the piss. Oh, is, is that what it is? Because I was thinking that is the one of the... I mean, I was too busy <laughs> worrying about how I should read this sentence. Oh, right, yeah. But, um, yeah, but I was about to say... A blue anachronism is one of the weirdest ideas I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's a thing. Suddenly, a blue anachronism <laughs> appeared. Hello, I am a blue anachronism. Is that a, is that an alien? Is that a race of aliens in Doctor Who world? Yeah. Okay, so you mean a TARDIS? Yeah. All right, fair enough. I'm, I'm going to read it again. Poetically right. reading, you know. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. A wheezing groaning sound. A wheezing groaning sound, and a blue anachronism <laughs> landed on a thing. All right, I'm going to try again. Almost immediately after this had happened, a blue anachronism silently materialised around the shield, ace, and the projection of the heart, capturing it and cutting it from its body forever. Okay, I get it. 
Music, cars speeding, flashing and buzzing lights, heavy artillery, all suddenly returned to their noisy existence within the walls of Funland. Heavy artillery. So that's happening in the background now. Heavy artillery as well. I mean, probably you mean from the computer games, right? But it sounds like no, I don't. I mean, music, this, cars this, speeding, chocolate is flashing and buzzing tanks. lights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cannons going off. Brigadiers there, isn't he? with his eye patch. <laughs> All suddenly returned to their noisy existence within the walls of Funland as the body of the hush was dispersed meaninglessly and harmlessly into the atmosphere. I mean, focus on meaninglessly, I think. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Confusingly. Pointlessly. <laughs> Oddly structured sentencely. Yawn much yawn muchly. <clears throat> is this what's happening? What up to chapter one? Is this chapter one? This is still chapter one. But, oh um, no, is, is this the prologue still? Pre, no, pre credit sequence. Pre credit sequence. This is all pre credit sequence, yeah. <sighs> the meta pre credit sequence. Yes. Or prologue they call it in a book, <coughs> but it's a pre credit sequence in a book. In a in a TV book. In a, in a movie, in a movie book. Outside the wind found its whistle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was looking for that, wasn't he? Yeah. I found my whistle, everybody. Uh, so I'm gonna go back to busking now. Is that the voice he had before? I have no idea. You didn't write I've... it down. No. You usually write down the voices, but you forgot to write down what voice the wind, wind has. Had, yeah. I wasn't expecting him to make a comeback because no. I thought I just made him up as a to find that whistle, yeah, it's weird. Shows great attention to detail. Doesn't say where he found it, though. I mean, where was it? Um, if he found it up a it dog's, his... dog's bumhole, then he probably shouldn't be blowing that anytime <laughs> no. soon. Okay, I decided not to use this anymore. I'm just using any voice. <laughs> I decided not to okay, use it Okay, I decided not to use it anymore because it up a dog bumhole. <laughs> because it's been up a dog. Yeah. Deep within the catacombs of the Doctor's time machine, Ace was sharing a cell with the deadly hush. The Discman had fused, unable to cope with the power requirements of containing the hush. But the TARDIS had it within its control and was preventing its growth. Mm. Come on, Professor, she called out in no particular direction. Her ability to speak restored. This thing's freaking me out. <laughs> it keeps giving me nosebleeds. <laughs> this is fucking is... nailed her. You have, haven't you? And I reckon I'm nailing her as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, in terms of my performance, oh, I don't mean anything. Because yeah. I mean, she I always think... used to move her arms around like an 80s robot <laughs> yeah, whenever yeah, she spoke. Yeah, yeah. This thing's freaking me out. It keeps giving me the nosebleeds. Said Ace. Did it say the nosebleeds as well? No, I didn't oh, know. shit. No, I mean, that's yeah, better. Yeah. You, you, Keeps you, giving me nosebleeds. You've made her better. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, me. Well, that's why we work so well together. Mm. You write a brilliant sentence, and then I add the word the in a really good place. Mm. <laughs> it keeps the giving me nosebleeds. <laughs> Sometimes I get it wrong, <laughs> to be fair. No, I'm not always Falling on top of it. Yeah, no, you're not. Sometimes you like it underneath, don't you? Yeah. The disembodied voice of a male... With a very distinct high Gallifreyan accent. High Gallifreyan accent. Open brackets, Scottish. <laughs> Scottish brogue, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, what? Echoed in response. Hold on ish. <laughs> he said, <laughs> just like his high Gallifreyan accent. Yeah. Hold on ish. Honestly, she's so impatient. <laughs> it's so good. It's it's just like him. I mean, it sounds more like Sir McCoy than Sean Connery, which just goes to show how bad an impersonator you are. I mean, I'm not really trying. The thing is, I'm not really trying to do Sean Connery. I'm just trying to do a Scottish, a bad Scottish accent with a lisp. So, who it sounds like is academic. If you lost the lisp, it would sound exactly like Sir McCoy. Because that's the only thing that sounds like. Hold on, ish. Hold on, ish. 
Honestly, she's so impatient. It doesn't, does it? It does. It sounds quite a lot like it. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But it's uh, yeah, the, the 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 lisp, whatever, like keeps you in check and stops you from turning into the the regular gruff, <laughs> my regular my, gruff my, Scottish, my accent, Scottish accent yeah. that I can do. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is how to how to max. If you are yeah. an actor and you want um t- like tips from uh, acting genius Rufus, right? Oh yeah, yeah. he's a genius. Who went to who went to drama school in made up drama school <laughs> land, right? Um. And a, a thing that I started saying ages ago that I've now forgotten. Jam. Jam but sandwiches. Good, isn't it? Now, I was going to give acting advice, but I've forgotten what it was. Just question whether you think that he's got the thing that you're after. I mean, if you're looking to do a bad Sean Connery impersonation, then he's your man. <laughs> I am very much your man. If you want a bad Tom Baker impression, also your man. If you're looking to learn how to, like, I don't know, like cry and stuff like that, can you teach that? I, you've heard me do crying. Remember uh, remember my great uh, Rapunzel crying? I know. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can cry in character. <laughs> 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 Henry's wife. Come on, <laughs> come on. Yeah, that's going to cost cry. more. That's going to cost more. I don't just more. cry. I cry in character. Yeah, you do. Firstly, I inspect the character. I work out how that person would cry, and yeah. then I do it very. You cover it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's right. your man. All right. So yeah, if you want to really explore characters, then you know you want to pay me to help you, right? Mm. But here's the thing: if you're if you're an actor and you've got like maybe one regional voice you can do, this mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Like you could like me. Right? Oh yeah. You can do something that's recognisably Scottish, but doesn't pass like any actual Scottish test or sound very Scottish. Mm-hmm. You're like, hello, I'm Scottish. It's me. Right. <laughs> okay. And you want more? Then you've got you've got a few possibilities you can do. First, you can do pitch. Hello, I'm Scottish. It's me. And hello, I'm Scottish. It's me. Right. Mm-hmm. That's three characters already. Mm-hmm. Then you've got speech impediments. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you're like hello. Scottish, it's me, right? And then, hello, I'm Scottish, it's me, right? Yeah. And that's five characters that's five now, characters fucking nailed. Yeah. Hello, I'm Scottish, it's me. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right? no, Six it, no. nailed. And then you do a Scottish person from Liverpool. Hello, I'm Scottish, it's me. <laughs> Right, so I think we have uh, fully established that I, Rufus, am an acting expert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'm glad you agree so wholeheartedly. <laughs> so now let's get back to the script where Ace is in TARDIS prison <laughs> with the hush. <laughs> and she's in there saying like, let me out of TARDIS prison, Professor. Yeah, right? yeah. Let me out of TARDIS prison, Professor. Something like that anyway. And, and then this happens. The disembodied voice of a male with a very distinct high Gallifreyan accent echoed in response, Hold on, Ish. Honestly, she's so impatient. <laughs> this is short country now. <laughs> I'm sharing a bedroom with a killer pause. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Jake. I'm sharing a bedroom with a killer pause. Rah. Naturally, I'm in pain. Ace was cut off in mid-sentence as she oozed out of existence and schmoozed back and rapidly schmoozed back again at the doctor's side in the reassuringly familiar surround of the TARDIS main control room. Console room. Wait for it. Shunt. Ah, She finished. Fitch was floating in hazy memories. The humanoid body that he'd been occupying had been deactivated. He had been separated from it and hadn't the slightest idea of where he was. Oh, okay. What he did recall was the mayhem. He remembered being surrounded by death. He remembered the pressure and the feel of his human shell being broken into. He remembered then being loosed from within. 
caught up in a tide of energy, carried along in one direction and sucked back the other way to a beacon of light flashing in the void. Okay, I don't know who he is now, and I remember why the, why that front bit's there and everything. Yeah, because uh, he's the silence. No, he's not the silence. He's someone that died within it, and he's like one of the. He's kind of like, the, like the important character of the story, and okay. uh, and the the business with the hush at the start is the thing that releases him from his human shell, and he's not a human. He's he was like in, in a human outfit or whatever. Okay. Finally, enveloped by a rush of sound and history, he had found himself in this empty place. He was bodiless once more, a living gas. <laughs> Hello, my name's Steve, I'm a living gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are you? Yeah, he's a living gas. Yeah, a living gas. <laughs> Invisible. Invisible. Invisible to the eye, drifting mentally through this labyrinth of Visib- endless white Visible corridor. to the nose, very <laughs> yeah, yeah. much so. Nosable. Yeah, yeah. Invisible, but okay. nosable. Is that right? Is that what is visible to do with vision? Of course it is, isn't it? Nosable, yeah. Nosable and earable. Nosable. And tongueable. Touchable and tongueable, yes. I'll tell you what, though. It didn't take long to get some corridors in. You know, you know, you Doctor Who. You're like, this is a Doctor Who story. Make sure by the time you get to Chapter Two, you've got a corridor, yeah. <laughs> or preferably endless white corridor. Ooh, he's in the TARDIS. The walls here were regularly indented with circles of light, mm-hmm. which sporadically gave way to a door. <laughs> Behind these doors were, more often than not, further expanses of corridor and occasionally a room that would defy description. So I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> All right, I've done my job. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Uh, in this room, there was things that could not be described. Full mm. stop. And occasionally, K9 was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or a room with clothes in. Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's most of what you get to see in the TARDIS in the in the eighties, right? You're yeah. Like, there's the control room, there's the K9 room, and there's the clothes room. Okay. And apart from that, there's some corridors. Yeah, Tegan Nedrick's bedrooms. Nedrick. <laughs> Who's Nedrick? Nedrick. Who's a Tegan? Nedrick. Uh, Tegan Nedrick, that famous character. This is mad, because why is Nedrick any more stupid than Adric? Why is that uh, any more stupid? That's her surname. Hi, blokes, my name's Tegan Nedrick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from Australia, but I'm a fucking flight attendant or something. Do you like my uniform? Yeah, do you want me to get you some tea? Do Do you want me to pass you some chicken? Yeah, I hope you do. I hope you do like my uniform because I'm going to keep wearing it for keep the next five years. Yeah, I mean, there's like, this town has only got three rooms and one of them is a clothes room, yeah. but I'm not taking my uniform off, do you think okay? They're like, yeah, I mean, I've never really, th- I've never <coughs> thought about this till now, but <laughs> yeah. maybe they don't change their underwear either, these people. Like, Doctor Who doesn't change his pants? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, un- unless. The thing is, that if it like, he, can, he can have his go- Jeff Goldblum, like, fly cupboard and, like, he's just got. Yeah. Loads of Jeff Goldblum flies. <laughs> what are you talking about, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum? No, what, what are you talking about, Jeff? He can have his Jeff Goldblum cupboard. <laughs> what? Jeff, What's that going to do with pants? Jeff Goldblum What's fly cupboard. No, because you know in, in The Fly with Jeff Goldblum, he's actually got a cupboard of the same clothes. He always wears the same clothes. Oh, so he doesn't does have, he? To, have to make any decision. It was some Einstein trick. Einstein thing, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, it says nothing <laughs> about pants in that either. <laughs> It seems yeah. to me that Tegan's wearing the same underwear that she wears. The downside of Jeff Goldblum's plan, right, mm. actually, is that although he's got like ten of the same suit mm. and everything, he's got a hundred different pairs of pants and they're all unique. Yeah. So so in the morning <laughs> in the morning when he's getting dressed, he's like, oh, I've already chosen what suit I'm gonna wear, I'm gonna wear number three, but oh, it's really difficult. It's really difficult to choose which pair of pants. Well, shall I wear the blue ones with the bananas on? Yeah. <laughs> shall I wear the one that says Monday on? <laughs> Oh, Shall I wear my girl bait pants? I don't it's know. complicated, Jay. 
Well, I mean, yeah, well, it's true that all pairs of pants are unique. You've come around <laughs> yeah, to that way of thinking. According to you, yeah. Mm. Well, you just agreed. I do, uh, you well, said he I, had 1,000 pair of pants and they were all unique. Yeah, yeah. But he goes to the special pants shop. <laughs> well, he buys them individually. I mean, they're, they're a bespoke pants made especially for him. We all go there when we die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's carry on, shall we? Yes. So, yeah, he's flown about and he's in the TARDIS, basically. Mm. He came now to such a door and slipped beneath it. Within lay a vast chamber that seemed to redefine the concept of space. The only thing worse than discovering further corridor was to find a room such as this, for while the corridors were infinitely long, at least they remained banal in their width Ah. and and breadth. And breadth. Now, width and breadth are the same thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, you know, he's a gas, what does he know? You mean... Yeah, oh, he means... Sorry, he means height, doesn't he? He's an idiot. (laughs) I would never say that. Yeah, no, you wouldn't. Because you know that the three dimensions are length, width and height, not width, breadth and wideness. (laughs) The essence of Fitch returned to the corridor. He could by no means afford to stray from his path. Mm. His mental compass was going wild. Brilliant, he's got a mental compass. He's a gas, but in his brain, he's got a compass. Yeah, and <laughs> it's gone to the jungle yeah, to yeah. live with To live with monkeys. Oh, my mental compass has gone wild. It's gone to live with monkeys. His mental compass was living with monkeys, rendering him... <laughs> no, sorry, I got that wrong. His mental compass was going wild, rendering him incapable of fixing and bearings. <laughs> Fixing and bearings. Fixing and bearings. This is my friend Anne Bearings, and she's uh, broken. Yeah. And unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, what I usually use to fix Anne Bearings is my mental compass, right? Yeah. But it's gone. It's gone to live with some monkeys, <laughs> right? Like this week. Yeah, I mean, it's living yeah. with monkeys, yeah. so I can't use it to fix my friend Anne Bearings. All right, so at this point, someone called Fitch is floating around Fitch. the TARDIS. Yeah, someone called Fitch is floating around the TARDIS. That's right. what's happening here. Okay, so um, too many questions. Where was he? How had he actually come to be here? Why was he unable to fix his bearings? Where does cheese come from? <laughs> and how did the lingering memories of death in the West End connect to this decidedly alien maze? Mm-hmm. That's a reference back. So now we know. He died in the prologue, right? Yeah, he died in the prologue. Nothing could be resolved now, however. All he could do was continue on his trail, keep his mind crossed, and hope for the best. Nice, thank you very much. He nice didn't, mind crossed there, good He joke. didn't have fingers, because he was a gas, so he kept his gas crossed. Yeah, he should have kept his gas crossed, you're right. <laughs> I, f- I fucked up that. Okay, back okay. to Doctor Who. Yes, back to me. Okay, let's oh, go. Warp, warp, travelling through time and space, spinning around and shit. The Doctor worked busily at the TARDIS controls. He wasn't actually doing anything constructive. He just had a lot of time to waste. Okay. Or is that kill? Oh, Jesus. I am that... just murdering some time. Okay, because in my TARDIS, time takes, the, time, time takes the form of a dog. Give me the... your clock, Leela. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, clock. Okay, that's dead. <laughs> Okay, Adric, give me that watch of your grandfather's. <laughs> Do I have to talk to her? Yes, give it here. <laughs> okay, I've murdered it. Okay, what else I, get we got so, here? I get so bored between these adventures. Canine, you can count, right? <laughs> Affirmative master, come here. <laughs> okay, he's dead. Okay, Nissa. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I can't mm. count. Okay, you're safe. I'm pretty sure you okay. can, Adric. Okay. You're a mathematical genius, aren't you? You okay, can probably right. count the hours, right? <laughs> Don't just... <laughs> yeah. okay. okay, Tegan Nadric. 
<laughs> Deacon Natter come you? in. What about me, what? Doctor Who? What comes after six? Uh, Australia? Okay, you can go. Okay, thanks, Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, Where can I go to? I've been trying to go home for like three seasons now. You, you won't take go, me there. You can go to the clothes room and change your pants, okay? For God's sake, you stink. Yeah, they're becoming oh. quite hard. Oh, my God. They are solid pants by now. <laughs> I mean, what were they before? Liquid pants? I mean, what the shit? Well, soft, were they gas? Soft, soft were they, silky pants? That's still solid, okay? Were they gas pants? Yeah, but they weren't. They, they, they'd moved before. <laughs> were, they, were they plasma pants? <laughs> they weren't. Hard. <laughs> you mean crusty pants, okay? I mean, do you mean crusty pants? If I took them off and I put them in a bin, they'd rattle. <laughs> but before, they wouldn't make a sound. Okay, we call that like the hush. Okay, on Gallifrey, we call that rattle pants. Okay, <laughs> you have got rattle pants on. It's very common on Gallifrey because, as you may have noticed with me, I only change my pants once every five hundred years. Coming from Gallifrey, I'm very uh, oh, oh, oh my god, oh Tigan, I'm so scared of the hush. <laughs> of the hush, it preys on silence things. Yes. Your pants before you came aboard the TARDIS, they did not make a sound when you tuck them now off. When you tuck them off, they did not make a sound. <laughs> now they but now they make a massive crash sound. Pants. I mean, seriously, they're so loud now. Oh my god, they're so loud. <laughs> so loud. Every every morning I wake up to the sound of your pants hitting the floor. I'm surprised you can get them off and they've not <laughs> encrusted themselves to and you. In fact, you can't because you always keep them on. <laughs> yeah. I do that, Doctor Who, because I've got no other clothes. And you've got yeah. no washing machine on the TARDIS. <laughs> you've got no women's clothes. What are you you've talking about? I've got like a million, I've got a million washing machines have you not looked at my walls what do you think they are what oh my yeah, god yeah just I open thought... them up yeah the whole TARDIS is a washing machine wait a minute this is full of clean women's pants yes that's weird Doctor Who yeah, well, yes, yes it is yes that's my hobby yeah. <laughs> I like collecting what do you pants. think what do you think who stands for <laughs> what does it I don't know. <laughs> Woman. 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 Hosiery. Hosiery. Ooh. Ointment. <laughs> or oh, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he likes it. Woman hosiery. Ooh. That's what it stands that's, for. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, it, not on Earth language, it doesn't. But when you go on Gallifrey language, yes. it makes lot of if sense. If you translate it into Gallifreyan, it means me like women pants. Isn't that right, canine? Oh, he's dead. <laughs> oh, yes, I punched him to death. I punched because him to death. Because he can count. Yeah. I, oh, I forgot. That. I must remember. To oh, stop shit. murdering people who can do maths. <laughs> Ace entered through the interior door. Wait a second, who did? Ace. Try again. Ace. Try again. <laughs> try again. No, try again. Ace. Say it again. Grace. No, come on. <laughs> it's Grace, isn't it? No. Grace entered through no. the interior door <laughs> and Paul McGann snogged her. Oh, no, ring your dad. No. Ring my... Oh, my God. Quick, no. ring my dad. Yeah, Paul McGann no. snogged her. And then they got married. No. And they got married. No. And, oh, God, no. and lived happily ever oh, after. And he never, And he never time tried... And he, he got rid of his TARDIS. He sold it and bought a house instead, a regular... Up two up two down house in, in Coville. In Cono in Coville, <laughs> right? And he gave up being a time lord and changed his name to mm. John. Ace entered through the interior door, returning from a brief shower. She's probably just wearing a towel then, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh you told me this is for this is meant to be for adults, so it's gonna yeah. be a lot more sex scenes in it, right? <laughs> yeah. She had just come down from the top floor. <laughs> so she had needed a shower badly. Yeah. She looked ridiculously out of place in the alien surround of the control room. Mm. A brilliant white chamber with familiar indentations upon the walls, which reached higher than the eye could see. Wow. I'm really, like, I'm making the TARDIS a lot taller. That is a lot taller. Higher than the eye can That's see. That's why you've got the stairs if you want to go up and have a handgasm. You've got well, I mean, upstairs, right? Think about London, right? We live in London. 
You know when you see the Shard, which yeah. is the tallest building in Europe? Yeah, I can't see to right. the top of it because of my eyes, though. Yeah, yeah I, can. I can only see halfway up. <laughs> this is from the POV of me, who can't see yeah. higher than the Shard. You know when you look up in the night and you see the moon? I can't do that. I can't <laughs> right. look that high. You know when can, you see stars? I can only see as far as my eyebrows. <laughs> is that a problem? Taller than the stars, that's how high the TARDIS is. Well, it's supposed to be infinitely large, right? Not not, not infinitely high, though, right? What, so just really, really wide? Really, really what wide, What are you suggesting? Yeah. Well, no. The, it's I really... never see, I've never seen them going up or downstairs. That's what... We were just talking about that before. Yeah, but they... My, I, I, be, my belief that, like, you know, the TARDIS has got flaws in it. It's just be like, <laughs> why is it just flat? Why is it just wide? It's not flat TARDIS. It's it round TARDIS. massive, infinite bungalow You're like TARDIS. one of those weird people on the internet who thinks that the TARDIS is flat. <laughs> yeah, I'm a flat TARDISer. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, a flat tarder. Yeah. That's, what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call ourselves. Flat tarders. Tarder, you're a flat tarder. Yeah, I'm a flat tarder. Oh, uh, we're that. geniuses. Because I'm like, uh, well, I've looked at the tardis and I've never seen any stairs in it. Mm. I've looked at it. You're like, yeah, there's a lot of rooms. So it could only be infinitely wide. Yeah, there's a lot of rooms in the tardis. You haven't been. No, I've looked in the control room and there's not. It's no stairs in it. Therefore, there's no upstairs. Okay. Also, I've got a test. Look, um, when I <laughs> have you seen them do their tests on videos, flat earthers? The best one is people honestly, in all seeming seriousness, will get an orange mm-hmm. and pour water on it, and then go, "The water didn't stick, therefore the Earth's not real." <laughs> right? What's that going to do? Basically, anything? they think if the if the Earth is a ball yeah. and it had water on it, yeah. it would all fall off. Because when you do that with an orange, uh, okay, right, when yeah. you do that with an orange, that's what happens. So that's what these guys think. So yeah, so the the familiar indentations reached up higher than the eye can see, infinitely tall TARDIS. Mm-hmm. But then the Doctor too cut a strange figure against Patrick such a Trouton. backdrop. Patrick Troughton. What with Ace? You said the Doctor too. Oh, he's, okay. he's Doctor Two, right? No, it's two as in T double O. I'll change it to. Uh, but the Doctor the Seven. The Doctor Who. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah what you should right. say. Yeah, okay. yeah. But then the Doctor Who cut a strange <laughs> against such a backdrop, yeah, dressed in his earthly clothing, a brown suit, and a cream pullover. <laughs> you have infected me. Yes. You have just made me incapable of speaking. Yeah, There's going to be a day when I'm in, when I'm in class. Someone's going to ask me, uh, teacher, how do you pronounce this word? And I'm going to say that word is pronounced woman. <laughs> All right. It's well, woman. Woman. The thing is, I haven't made you um, incapable of saying the word pullover. Pullover. Yeah, yeah. What I've done is I've, I've made you realise that you couldn't say it in the first place, <laughs> and when you try to say it. Pull over. I could say pull over. Pull. Pull, pull over. over. Pull over. Pull over. No, pull. Uh, the the uh sound exists in uh, southeastern RP, Queen's English as well. Pull over. Yeah, pull over. <laughs> pull over doesn't pull exist over. anywhere. Pull over. Pull over. <laughs> oh, I'm a policeman. Pull over, please. <laughs> pull over your car. Pull your trousers down, please. Hey, pull them, pull them right down. <laughs> okay, I'm going to frisk your penis. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've just got to check your penis hasn't got any guns <laughs> in it. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't you frisk my whole body? No, I'm just frisking your penis. So, uh, dressed in his earthly clothing, a brown suit and a cream pullover, yeah. patterned with blood red full stops. Because he used to wear one with question marks on, you see, but I've taken him to a darker place where there's no question anymore. Okay, just the, so they are full stops yeah, because, full he used stops. To, because it's always been yeah. punctuation It's supposed marks. to be meaningful. Okay. It's always okay. been cool. Yeah, he's got full stops instead of question marks. Yeah, should have had semicolons. Yeah, well, that would have confused people. It would be hashtags now, wouldn't it? <laughs> he's got hashtag Doctor Who on his T-shirt. 
On his T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's wearing tights. He's got a fedora. <laughs> he's, got a fedora. he's got hashtag Doctor Who on his T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's eating chips out of a mug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, tiny burgers. Really small yeah. burgers. Oh my god, they're so small. Oh my, oh my god. Yeah. Oh, how small are the cows here? Oh my god. <laughs> they must be tiny. I must be on tiny cow world. Oh my god. All right, so Hipster Who um, is wearing a brown suit and tights and uh, and he's eating chips out of a mug. <laughs> Will the TARDIS be safe, Professor? <laughs> She people asked. at home, people at home, I wish you could see all the cool movements that go with that voice. Well, that's how Ace does it, right? Will the TARDIS be safe now, Professor? I mean, I mean it's not. In you, my you really brain, evo- you somehow you manage to evoke her very well by, by doing that. In my brain, she moves her head a lot, and at the end of every line, she kind of leaves her mouth open <laughs> and, like, freezes. Yeah. Will the TARDIS be safe now, Professor? <laughs> Will the TARDIS be safe now, Professor? And then waits for him to do his line and then yeah. carries on. Yeah. Will the TARDIS be safe? <laughs> Will the TARDIS be safe now, Professor? Yes, 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 is. <laughs> he replied. Miss Ashy Penny. Yes, Miss Ashy Penny. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 is. He replied, pretending to be irritated by her interruption. Uh, the very heart of the entity has been neutralised by the TARDIS's state of grace. And it can't move from the confines of the zero gravity quarantine. <laughs> All right, I might have to go through that again. All right, so you might need to do it in English. Ace, the the very heart of the entity has been neutralised by yeah. the TARDIS's state of grace, yeah. and it can't move from the confines of the zero gravity quarantine. Brilliant. Uh, thanks, right. thanks for explaining it so clearly, Professor. Well, Grace, of course, she's from um, Doctor Who <laughs> the movie, yeah, so she's true. she's somehow involved. I'm not Her sure state. How. She's probably kissing it or something and ruining Doctor <laughs> Who for everyone right now. It's probably ruining its dad right now. Uh, that uh, is a state of grace. A state of grace is what I get in when I see Grace snog Doctor Who. Yeah, state of I grace is crying. in the car with your dad yeah, crying. crying. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Worst Writer in the World. By me. Mostly by you, yes. All by me. The best one. (laughs) Why am I doing a spooky voice? Okay. It's Halloween, Halloween, right? Okay. We will be back next week with more exciting Doctor Who adventure from Howard Long. (laughs) Yeah. Although not that much of it's about Doctor Who, but hey, whatever. If you'd like to send us a plot so far, then please do so. You can send it to manbycow at gmail.com and maybe we'll read yours out next week. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't already, you can join the Worst Writer in the World Facebook group. Yep. 
And if you'd like more content by us, and you've already listened to all of the Man by Cow podcast and Gret Binchleaf Private Eye, then why not join The Secret Gang, where there's new stuff pretty much every week. Yes, for instance, this week we are releasing the first ever companion video to the Worst Rider in the World podcast. Wow. Wow. In which we'll be reading all the plot so fars that we received and generally guffing on about stuff. Yeah, there's even <laughs> a little bit of uh, cosplay, isn't there? Is there? Well, I mean, you pick up a book and pretend to be Terence Dix. <laughs> is it cosplay when there's absolutely no cos or playing involved? <laughs> I don't know what cosplay is. <laughs> costume well, it's just when you pretend to be someone else. <laughs> In a costume. Well, you're wearing clothes. <laughs> I mean, we didn't do it naked. So we'd also, we would like to say thank you to all our patrons on Patreon, mm. right? And in fact, we thought we should thank them individually by name. Wow. So we are going to do that, but not all at once because we've got a few. And so we're going to do uh, the a few this week and then more next week. And by the end of this series of The Worst Writer, we will have said thank you to everyone. Yes, so let's start with our least favourite. Starting with our least favourite, uh, Nick Tucker. Dominic Miniti. <laughs> Hayley Mathers. Amanda Shilito. Jeremy Shelton. Peter Gordon. Ben Ross. <laughs> Neil Starkey. Caitlin Plastinina. Katie Smith. And Ben Shilito. Thanks to all of you and indeed all of our patrons mm. for ongoing support and getting all that brilliant stuff that we make for you. Thanks for getting the brilliant stuff we make. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we really appreciate you getting the brilliant stuff. <laughs> Uh, if you think you might be interested in getting the stuff that we make, then why not check it out for as little as $2 a month? Mm. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I think you nailed it. Just say goodbye. <laughs> Stop being such a twit all the time. He's a stupid, suck-ass, rubbish writer. Yeah.